Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Ivy All Over. This is your host, Ivy Lynn. Just kidding, he's my mom. Hi, Ivy. Hi. Welcome, everyone, to Jamie All Over with Ivy Lynn. Ivy is not going to be on the whole episode, but she's here, and she's back with some of her interesting facts. One of our listeners and someone I have become close friends with, Natalie, sent Ivy a really big book of was it 5,000 facts? 5,000. 5,000 facts. She sent it to her for Christmas. It's a huge book. And somehow we've been looking all over for it. We don't know where it is at the moment. We definitely did not lose it. It's so big. I don't know how we couldn't find it at the moment, but I needed to record. I couldn't spend any more time looking for it. So do you want to thank Natalie? I think you should. Thank you, Natalie, by the way. (laughs) So next time Ivy comes back, she will definitely read from that book. But today, since... Wednesday on Netflix is number one in every, I don't know if it's number one in every country, but it's in the top 10 of every country that Netflix is available in. Wednesday was so good. We loved it. I know. I really want a season two. I can't wait for season two. So Ivy has some interesting facts about Wednesday. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I had just mentioned how it was in the top 10 in every country. Within the first week, it got 341 million viewing hours. That set a record for English language shows, and it's in between Squid Game, which I guess was number one of all time, almost 572 million hours viewed in one week. Just below Wednesday is Stranger Things, which was 335 million hours viewed. This was season four of Stranger Things, which I guess was the most popular, which I haven't seen yet. But you did see Wednesday. So let's get into the Wednesday facts. Okay. In order to prepare for the role, Jenna Ortega took cello, archery, and fencing lessons and also studied German. And she did most of her stunts. Yeah. She did have a stunt double, though, Mm -hmm. but that was only for, like, the most dangerous ones. Yeah. Okay, so here's the next fact, which I was so surprised, happily surprised at, because another show that we've talked about that you and I have been watching lately Mm -hmm. before bedtime is Gilmore Girls. I don't love it. Like, I'm not, like, so excited, like, oh, let me find out what's happening next. (laughs) But, like, it's just kind of become this easy thing because Ivy can watch it with me and we're both somewhat entertained, I guess. So anyway, go ahead, read this fact. Gilmore Girls fans might recognize the town Jericho as Stars Hollow. So Jericho is like the town area where they go in Wednesday. 
like where the coffee shop is and all of that. So it's the same set that was used for Gilmore Girls. And what are the other ones? It was filmed on Warner Brothers backlot that has been used for other shows such as You, Pretty Little Liars, and Vampire Diaries. How cool is that? So I'm assuming it was the one in Burbank, Warner Brothers. Next one. Jenna Ortega choreographed her own dance to the Cramps Goo Goo Muck for the iconic school dance scene. Can you believe she came up with that on her own and now it's like blowing up or it has blown up on TikTok to Lady Gaga's song Sped Up? Ivy's doing the dance now. (laughs) Okay, and our last fact. Morticia explains that Wednesday's name comes from a line of a nursery rhyme that goes, Wednesday's child is full of woe. Every episode title of this season contains the word woe. See, I didn't notice that. What were you asking me about the fact that you were born on a Tuesday and Tuesday meant creativity or something and then it had vines? What were you looking at? YouTube video. If you were born on a certain day of the week, you drew yeah. like what that meant? Yeah. What else did yours mean? Well, the picture was just like... I think it, it was a girl with red hair and she, and like a bunch of vines around her. Like poison ivy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Her outfit was made of vines and stuff, which is ironic. Yes, it is. So anyway, Happy New Year, everyone. Ivy and I stayed home this year. It was just so cold and rainy and driving from Orange County all the way up to L.A. on a night like that when... It could be dangerous. There might be people out drinking and on the road. I wanted to be home with Ivy. I wanted to spend time with you. And I think I'm, in fact, I know I made the right decision. A few of my friends were like, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I stayed home. You guys had such a fun night. We stayed in. We cooked. We made a bunch of snacks. And we played Clue, (laughs) which was so fun. I forgot how fun that game was. Yeah, it's super fun. We made a bunch of vegan New Year's Eve type things. So rather than the typical pigs in a blanket, you know, little cocktail weenies that people have on New Year's Eve, we made a vegan version of that. So the way that we did that was we took veggie hot dogs and we used Immaculate Baking Company's croissant dough. It's like, you know, one of those cans, the scary ones that kind of give you a heart attack and you pop it open. And so you open that up and then we just rolled the veggie dogs up in it and then we cut it up into little mini size bites and baked it according to the instructions and then ivy made her famous wontons her vegan cream cheese wontons she is a big fan of these so we buy these wonton wrappers which are accidentally vegan i don't think they intended to be vegan but i think most wontons are vegan they're like these little squares and then you fill them with whatever you want and you can steam them fry them i think i maybe even tried baking them once And then Ivy fills them, the center of the square, with vegan cream cheese. The way that we wrap them up is in the traditional wonton folding way. You wet the edges, and then you kind of fold the square into a triangle. And then you take the two ends of the triangle, wet them, and make them touch. So now you kind of have like a circle. What else? Oh, and we made homemade pizza. So we did that with tomato sauce, and then I used... Follow your heart, a little sprinkling of their Parmesan, and then I used the Miyoko's liquid mozzarella cheese, which is the absolute best vegan cheese to use if you're making your own pizza. We were toggling between Ryan Seacrest, which I did not want to watch, but Ivy did for some reason. Because I didn't want to watch Andy Cohen. Why? I don't know who Ryan Seacrest is. Well, then why would you choose him over Andy and Anderson Cooper? 
because that was like the actual ball drop thingy. No, but they both showed the ball drop. They were both in New York in the same spot. And I wanted to watch Andy and Anderson, but she made me watch Ryan Seacrest. I didn't know that he was him. And I didn't know who he was. <laughs> and he had, what, New Edition? And I was like, no offense. Like, I love New Edition. I think their songs are awesome. But the best that they could do for a band was New Edition, which they haven't even been together since, I want to say, the 80s or maybe early 90s, but probably the 80s. <laughs> I will surprise you. You probably don't even know who New Edition is. You probably don't even know don't. who Bobby Brown is, who came from New Edition. I don't. Johnny Gill was another one. Oh, I think all of Bell Biv DeVoe came from New Edition. Michael Bell, something DeVoe, the other guy whose last name is DeVoe. Who's Biv? Bivens is his last name, is the other one. Oh, Ralph Tresvant was in there too, I think. I'm going to look this up. Okay. All right, Ivy, I hope at least you're impressed by this, which I'm sure you're not, but... Yes, it was comprised of Bobby Brown, Ralph Tresvant, Ronnie DeVoe. I forgot his first name was Ronnie. Johnny Gill, Michael Bivens, Ricky Bell. I got them all, Ivy. I got them all. And I think they were from Boston originally. And I also think that whoever managed them also managed New Kids on the Block. I love them. However, I still think ABC maybe should have done better with whatever band choice they had to hang out there when the ball dropped. So last night we went to the Festival of Lights in Riverside, California, and it was at the Mission Inn. So I'm telling you guys this now because it it is going on until January 6th, and you have to go if you're in the area. It was really beautiful. I'm not going to go any further into it because I'm going to do a whole review. I had some ghost sightings there. Some interesting things happened. There's a whole history behind it. I found out it was built on top of catacombs. I was, I'm basically telling you the story now, but I was walking through a hallway and I turned to Ivy and my mom, who was also with us. And I was like, ooh, someone's in here with us. This does not feel right. So I went to take a picture because sometimes things show up in pictures that they don't you know, paranormal activity shows up on cameras. So I took a picture and then I accidentally took a video also. But good thing for the accidental video because that is where something showed up in it. Yeah. And I didn't see that till we got home. But when I was in that hallway, I was like, Mom, when was this built? And I was like trying to like understand the history of it in the moment because I'm like, wait, did people die here? Why would there be people here? Why am I feeling this? I went down this whole rabbit hole of finding out all of the haunted history. It's one of the most haunted hotels in the country, apparently. The owner of it, you might be somewhat surprised about. But I'm going to go on a deep dive with all of this in an upcoming episode. I'm hoping to get the owner on here with me, but let's leave the mission in alone. I'm just mentioning it now because if you're in the area and you're interested or you saw any of my stories where people were like, oh my God, where are you? This place looks incredible. It was a mission in Riverside. Get there before January 6th. I'm going to get into my topic now. Thank you, Ivy, for stopping by this intro and giving us those really cool Wednesday facts. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. Okay, so the topic is 10 goals for a successful 2023. Let me preface this by saying these are things that I recently read about in a book that resonated 
with me in a way that was like a wake up call because I have been zoning in on different areas of my life that I want to improve upon. But when I read this list, I was like, wait a minute, I think I'm focusing on not necessarily the wrong things because the things that I've been doing, I think are important too. But I think I've been ignoring kind of this foundation layer. And it makes sense to me now that I read it. This is what you have to do first. Because if you focus on the other things without this strong foundation, you might not feel as satisfied when you accomplish the other things. Or you might kind of feel like you're spinning your wheels. Or you might feel even defeated. So I'm going to go through this list. Initially, when I read it, it was a list of eight things. But I have taken one of the items, divided it into two, so that makes nine, and then I added a tenth of my own. So these are ten things that I'm really going to be focusing on in varying degrees based on how much personally I need to work on them. And so you may find that you have one, two, three, maybe more that you're like, oh, you know what, that area of my life needs improvement as well. You might have other ones that you hear and you're like, no, I'm good on that. So it's going to be different for everyone. And if you want this list, I'm happy to send it to you in written form. You can either DM me at jamielin24, or if you're more evolved than I am and you don't have social media goals, then you can email me at jamiealloverpod at gmail.com. Just ask for the list. I'm happy to send it to you. What I thought was interesting was that this psychologist says, that if any of his patients answer no to three or more of these original eight questions, then they are insufficiently embedded in the interpersonal world and they are in danger of spiraling downward psychologically. I'm pretty sure I said no to most of them. Number one, have you been educated to the level of your ability or ambition? I mean, the short answer is no. I could have gone to get a master's. I could have gone to law school. I could be a doctor if I wanted to be. But if we're talking about to the level of my ambition, no, I didn't want to do any of those things. So I guess my answer is twofold here. But also education isn't just within four walls. It's not just in a college or a university. Education is all around us. It's on YouTube. It's in books. It's in podcasts. In that regard, the answer is no. There's so much more to learn. For most people, their answer maybe could or should be no, because there's always more that we can learn. So it made me realize, which leads me into number two, is your use of free time engaging, meaningful, and productive? So this is where I'm going to tie in number two with number one. It made me realize in my free time, I would say starting over the holidays, starting around October-ish, Throughout now, I've really, I want to say, gotten a little bit lazy with being productive in my free time. I've been watching a lot of Netflix, a lot of series. I've been discussing it on here with you. I binged two seasons of White Lotus. Ivy and I binged Wednesday. At night, we watch Gilmore Girls. And that's what I've been doing with my free time lately. That was the wake-up call. So ever since reading this, instead of, if I have some free time, instead of turning on Netflix, I am putting on YouTube through my TV, and I'm watching educational videos, or I'm doing a search on my Amazon Fire TV, and I'm searching different topics that I find interesting. One being CRISPR, C-R-I-S-P-R. That's kind of in the realm of epigenetics and altering 
DNA. It's so innovative. I've been hearing about it since like 2018. It could potentially cure cancer. It could basically cure everything, including aging. (laughs) It's just fascinating to me. I don't know that it's fascinating to that many people, but that's something that I recently learned more about in my free time. And you might be like, well, what's the point? Like, you're not going to go start a career in epigenetics, Jamie. No, I'm not. But maybe one day I want to have someone who specializes in that on the show. In fact, I have a couple people in mind that I would. So I would have to research that topic anyway. But also because it's so interesting to me, it lights up things in my brain and it makes me more creative across the board. So I just advise anyone, if there's any topic that you think is fascinating or you're curious about, watch a YouTube video, watch a TED Talk. There, Oh my God, there's so many good TED Talks that will change your life in 20 minutes. I'm focusing more on doing those things in my free time instead of just vegging out and trying to turn my mind off and watch TV strictly for entertainment. But there is a caveat to this. I still understand the importance of turning your brain off and just doing something just because it's fun, whether it be watching a funny movie, going to a comedy show, playing with your dogs or your cat. That all serves a purpose too. All right, number three. Have you formulated solid and well-articulated plans for the future? No, I haven't. I have vague ideas of what I want in life. For example, I know I want to buy a house. Do I know when that's going to happen? No. As far as like my well-articulated plan for the future, that is something that I want to do. And that is this right now. This is working on all of these other things, writing these things down. This is all written in my journal that I'm reading to you because this is now well articulated and written down and formulated. So as I discuss all of these other items, these are now my future goals and plans. So it's definitely a great start. Okay, number four. So this one is the one that I split up into two different ones because it lumped together economic problems and health problems. And they're so vastly separate that I understand why the psychologist would lump them together because he's basically saying, are you and those you are close with free of any serious health or economic problems? Basically asking that to understand if his patients are dealing with a very stressful situation because either of those things are probably the most stressful situations that we can deal with in life. Someone in your life close to you or you are dealing with serious health conditions. A lot of that, unfortunately, is out of our control. We can pray. We can meditate. We can think positively. We can advise them or advise ourselves to eat as healthy as possible, get activity and movement if that's possible in the situation that you or they are in. But much of that is very much out of your hands, and it's very stressful. So I think that's more of like, if you are going through that, I think it's just to understand that this is so hard and go easy on yourself because it's probably going to affect every facet of your life and do whatever you need to do, whether that's retreating from the world or reaching out for help or going to therapy Or if you're just in a state of shock and can't do anything, then you can't do anything. Now I'm adding number five, which is, are you or anyone you are close to free of economic problems? Well, 
2022 was a shit show with regard to the economy. It was awful for a lot of people. And it was scary. And it was stressful. If you are experiencing stress from that, understand that it might leach its way into other facets of your life, like relationships or just overall joy or lack thereof, or even health or stress or anxiety. It, you know, it can manifest in so many different ways. Creativity, it can zap you of creativity. Okay, number six, do you have friends and a social life? For me, the answer is yes. I think a social life and friends are one of the joys in life and friends get you through so much and they're so important and I'm so grateful for my friends. So I don't think I'm lacking in this area. But I know other people, especially as adults or if you move to a new city, it's hard to make friends as an adult. And I do get people asking me, like, what are some ways to make friends as an adult? And I think I can actually do a whole podcast episode on this. So I'm going to save that topic. On the flip side of that, if you're going out too much, it's very detrimental. I see a lot of people who I know that might be struggling, whether it be financially or mental health wise, but I see them going out several times a week, getting drunk several times a week, spending money that they don't have, waking up feeling guilty or ashamed. And this is not judgment whatsoever. That's probably how I spent all of my 20s. <laughs> so I'm not coming from a place of like judgment whatsoever. I think there's a time and a place in everyone's life that they go through this. Whether or not it's your time to stop that, only you know. But I think when it gets to a point when it's just a habit and you're doing it all of the time or you're doing it because you don't want FOMO, you don't want to see all of your friends at something and you are just scared to say no and then see all of the pictures and you're not there, I think that's when you have to realize, like, maybe I need to scale it back. And personally, since I've scaled it back, when I do choose to go out, I have such a better time. I found myself just going out and hating being there and yawning, and I couldn't wait to go back home because it was happening so regularly. But now when I go out, it's nice to actually catch up with people. It's nice to be social, but it's not such a drain. When things are more rare, you appreciate them more. So I think that's kind of what's been working for me lately. We all go through different cycles in life. Maybe when the weather gets warmer, I'll feel like going out more and being more social. And there's nothing wrong with that either. In general, I think we just need to look at our social life and question, what are we doing these things for? And if they're for positive things and you're gaining something from it, wonderful. If it's draining you, if you feel terrible the next day, if you're not able to be productive the next day, if you're spending money you shouldn't be, then it's okay to allow yourself to say no to these things. If it truly is hard for you to see photos of all your friends out having fun without you or perceived fun without you, then don't turn on the Instagram or don't look at their stories. They'll be gone in 24 hours and you're good. All right, we're at number seven. I initially took this one the wrong way and got a little offended. So it is, do you have a stable and satisfying intimate partnership? So I first took it as like, okay, so is this guy saying that if you are single, then you're not going to be happy? Because that's not true. I've been happier single than I have been in most of my relationships. 
But I gave this more thought. And I think this is more for those who are in relationships. It's a great question to ask yourselves. Is your relationship not only stable, but satisfying? And when I think back on all of my relationships, I honestly don't think I can say I had one that was both. And that was always the issue, whether or not I realized it. There would be people who bored me to death, but they were stable. And then there would be people who excited me, but they were the last thing from stable. I'm just so quick to say no now. Because you can see pretty quickly if a person is stable. And you can feel pretty quickly how you are in their presence. Can you be yourself? Is it exciting? Do you feel relaxed around them? Is their energy off? Do you feel anxious around them? Do you feel uncomfortable? Do you feel like you can't be yourself? So I can pick up on these things really, really quickly. So I think that's a good thing. And it's good to keep this goal in mind that should I choose to get into a partnership, I do want these two things, stability and satisfaction. Okay, number eight, close and functional family relationships. So this is a big one for a lot of people. I hear so many stories that they have dysfunctional relationships. Whatever your situation is in your family, everyone's is so different. If you have relationships that are strained and you want to make them better, maybe this is a little reminder to try. If you have family that you haven't checked up on or made any plans with, maybe this is a reminder to do that. But if this is an area of your life where you might just be like, you know what, I have my friends, my friends are my chosen family, or maybe you don't have any close family members, we can all find meaningful relationships. They don't have to be blood related. For those who aren't close with family, that's okay too. I don't want you to feel bad about that. I think that's something deeply personal to people. And I think a lot of people can end up carrying guilt or shame around in those situations. But I hope you don't. Okay, number nine. Do you have a career or at least a job that is financially sufficient, stable, and if possible, a source of satisfaction and opportunity? This is one that has so many layers to it. So I almost want to separate it. I'm not separating it as a question number, but let's just start off with, do you have a career or a job that is financially sufficient and stable? From personal experience, if I look back at my real estate career over the last over 10 years, real estate is weird. It's not black and white to answer this question for me because if you're in any sales or commission-based career, you're, it's not stable. So there might be months where you bring in a lot of sales and then you can go months with nothing. So no, like it's not stable in that regard. My real estate job was slightly different. It wasn't just sales. So I was on the development side too. So I had a regular paycheck. And in that regard, yes, I knew there was a paycheck coming in on a steady basis. Stability goes beyond just a regular paycheck, I think. I think it also has to do with like emotional and mental stability. This past year, I realized after reading this question, I did a lot of unpaid labor, which I tend to do a lot. And I did before this year as well, because I enjoy helping people. I enjoy making connections with people and my motivation isn't always financially based. 
especially if I'm doing anything with like the nonprofit animal sanctuary or animal activism or even this podcast. I do this just because I enjoy it. So what it made me realize is that after I quit the real estate job, I was spending a lot of time this year still acting as if I could be doing all of this unpaid labor. And it caused a lot of stress. I didn't realize where all of the stress was coming from. But in tough economic times, I think it's a good reminder for myself, maybe for you as well, to make sure that you're taken care of first. That old cliche with the oxygen mask dropping down, put it on yourself before putting it on others. I feel like this year I spent a lot of putting it on others, but it wasn't on myself. And I don't want to repeat of that. So I do know something needs to change for this year. So then the next part of that is, if possible, is the job or career a source of satisfaction and opportunity? I think this has been a point that I've kind of been touching on throughout the last year because I was going through it myself. I'm not going to romanticize quitting your job. I am being honest with you. It's been stressful not having a steady paycheck, and I still have faith that it's going to be worth it. But the life of an entrepreneur is not an easy one, and it's not for everyone. And if having that stability is something you crave and enjoy then the path that I just recently took, I would not recommend it. I am in search of that satisfaction and opportunity that I wouldn't have had if I didn't leave. I have faith that when we take risks and we do what we love and we're finding the best way to serve others, it can never be bad, right? And number 10, the one that I added, is organization. I have tried unsuccessfully so many times this year to organize my home, my garage, and I may get it good for a couple days and then it's not anymore. And I think it's just because I don't know how to organize. And I was watching a video by Bethany Frankel today. I think I need a label maker. I think a label maker may be the answer to all of my organizational troubles. She labels everything. Even in her closet, she has dividers on the hangers for cover-ups, for long sleeve, for short sleeve. And then like she has all these drawers with labels on them, hair and nails for her t-shirts, short sleeve, long sleeve. Everything is organized to the very tiniest detail. And she says that that is the secret to her success. And it overflows into every aspect of her life, into her parenting. And I swear if we're in a space, especially a space that we're in all the time, that's disorganized, I've heard it's like a reflection of your mental state. So I know how important it is to get organized, and I really want to get better at it. And it's funny because I'm a Virgo, and they say Virgos are very organized. And here's the thing. I'm very meticulous, and I'm very perfectionist. So it's like I won't even start a task until I'm prepared to spend hours on it and actually making it as perfect as possible. But if something gets out of my control, it's like it becomes a little overwhelming for me because I know how meticulous I will be when I take that on and it's like, well, I just don't even want to take it on. (laughs) So I need to really, really focus on this. And I would almost say that this is my number one. I want to do this before even anything else. I want to just get everything organized, my closet, my drawers, everything. I have so many hair and beauty products and perfumes, so many things, right? 
And they may have been expensive. And I'm just like, I don't want to throw it out. Like, that's a waste. It's stuff I don't use. And it's just taking up clutter and like dresses that I may have worn once to a wedding hanging in my closet and just like shoes that I know are uncomfortable, but they're pretty. So I don't want to get rid of them. But like, I know I'm not going to wear them because it hurt my foot the last time and caused a blister. So I think I need to let go of some things and declutter so that I can organize. So those are my goals for 2023. Maybe they overlap with some of the things that you guys want to work on too. Let me know. I'm so curious. What are you working on? Do you have any tips for me knowing what I am setting out to do this year? If you have any advice for me, I will take it. Here's to 2023 being our best year yet. Can we do that? Let's do that. Let's make it amazing. You are amazing. I love you. Thank you for being here. I'll talk to you next week. Step by step.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.